Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, back with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. This week, we're talking about needs. We all have them, and in order to feel like a well-cared-for human, we have to know how to identify and meet those needs. But what do I mean when I use the word needs? Of course, there are the obvious ones. Most of us know that we need food, clothing, shelter, sleep. Health is another one, but that one's tricky because often it's framed as if you have bad health, it's some sort of personal failing, and I just don't agree with that. Some people come into this world with bad health, and I seriously doubt that that's because of something they did. I will say that access to affordable health care is a need that I can stand by. Sick or not, you do need health care. We also need safety. We need safe homes that shelter us from the elements, but we also need somewhere we can be safe from violence and theft. If you're someone who doesn't have safety right now, if you're dealing with housing issues or a domestic violence situation like my mom was right up until her murder, I do hope that you'll check out the links I'll be including in the show notes of this episode. I don't know if you're listening on an app or on YouTube, but if you just go to the episode description on either one and scroll down, you'll see them. They'll be right above the reference list of needs that I'm going to include as well. And while I did vet all of those resources carefully, I also want to say that if you're someone who works in a relevant field, like housing, counseling, whatever, and you've got good resources to share, feel free to email me at coreymshrum.com, K-O-R-Y-M-S-H-R-U-M.com, and give me your suggestions because I can always update the show notes for the listeners. Anyway, so those are the needs most of us are aware of, food, clothing, shelter, sleep, health care, and safety. And we could call all of these physical needs. But we also have emotional needs. Generally, humans need a sense of love and belonging. As much as the introvert in me loathes to admit it, we do need healthy, loving connections with other people. And I'm not saying that you need to get with somebody in order to be healthy. If you have someone you like, that's great. But if you don't, it's not a big deal. Contrary to the heap of propaganda thrown at you every day, you can also form bonds with friends or family, though we both know family can be hit or miss. But animals are pretty reliable, so whether you pick a human or a fur baby, just make sure that they make you feel loved and liked. They speak to you respectfully, kindly, and honor your boundaries. Or if your love connection is with a pet, they are not required to speak, but I am sure that you will still find their body language very affirming. Of course, I am referencing my relationship with Charlie here, my little pug, and I can tell you that his tail wags are 100 on the making me feel good scale. In addition to physical needs and a sense of love and belonging, we also need self-esteem, self-respect, and self-compassion. It's true that you can get self-esteem as recognition from others who value your skills or abilities and contributions, but I'm much more interested in the self-esteem that places emphasis on the self part, The kind of self-esteem that comes from a positive view of yourself. 
That means looking at yourself and liking what you see. In today's lingo, we might call that feeling ourselves. It's not arrogant. It's good to like oneself and to find value in oneself. It's true that even I cannot achieve this 100% of the time, but when I do manage it, I might think things like, hey, I'm okay. I'm kind, I'm a hard worker, I'm reliable and punctual, as long as my wife isn't involved. I like what I see. I like who Corey is. This kind of esteem is also where we develop our self-confidence, along with giving ourselves small challenges. When we complete small challenges that are just hard enough to impress ourselves, our self-confidence improves. This year, I installed a dishwasher all by myself and a new bathroom sink, and so I feel much more confident in my handy skills. The world would not have ended if I had screwed these up, so it was the right level of challenge, something that would be hard but not so hard that there would be dangerous consequences if I failed. Apart from self-esteem and self-confidence, there's also self-respect. Self-respect is when you look at yourself and your life experiences respectfully. For example, like anyone else on this planet, I have screwed up big time more than once in my life. I've hurt people I care about. I've said and done stupid things I wish I could take back. But when I look at myself with a wider lens and everything that's happened, I can say, hey, you know what? I am still very proud of myself and how far I've come. I do not always get it right, but I do care deeply. I do love. I'm learning how to apologize, and I really try to keep my heart open no matter how scary things get and I try to give myself the respect that's due for all of my hard work. Self-respect is about seeing yourself reasonably, without overblown expectations or demands of yourself. Self-compassion is what we need in the moments when we blow it, or something bad happens that pulls the rug out from under us. It's our ability to be kind and loving towards ourselves, when we suffer or fail or feel like the warmest, smelliest pile of crap on the planet. All of these things, self-respect, self-compassion, self-esteem, self-confidence, would fit under the umbrella term of self-love, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that out there, since I struggled with the definition for self-love for a long time. Apart from the need for self-love in all of its forms, we also have a need for growth. We need growth intellectually, we need it physically and emotionally, and we need it spiritually. That's pretty much all of the pillars right there. Do you remember the pillars from episode one? There was improving your relationship with your body, that's physical growth. Improving your relationship with your mind and emotions, that's emotional and intellectual growth. You can also throw some upskilling in here if you want to do something cool like hang gliding or learning a foreign language. So for example, right now I'm trying to learn Spanish and I am very bad at it. If you're working on your pillars, you're naturally going to see growth anyway. So don't worry too much about this. Don't go around beating yourself being like, how am I going to grow? What can I do to grow? Just know that if you're presently unhappy with your life, if you're feeling stagnant or stuck, you might want to ask yourself if you're growing. And if you're not growing, why? So everything I just covered would be considered basic human needs. The need for growth, the need for self-love, self-care, self-respect, love and belonging. But you might also have values that count as needs. So what do I mean when I say value? A value is something that is important to us, that we don't really feel good without having. You might have heard them be called core values or personal values. James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, has a sample list on his website, and I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. And you could use this list as a jumping off point to discovering what your values might be. 
For example, with me, I would definitely say that balance, peace, and creativity are values of mine that also double as needs. I need to feel balanced, I need to be creative, and I need to have peace in my life in order to have a good sense of well-being. So I encourage you to go look at the list of values, not just the ones on Clear's website, but scour the internet while you're at it, and look for ideas of what you think your value needs might be. In fact, this is a good activity in general for figuring out what you care about and how you want to live your life. And you can explore what values matter to you or how you might want to structure your life around your values by writing about it in one of your journal entries. If you value pleasure, for example, that's one of the values on his list. Where can you find more pleasure in your life? What's stopping you from enjoying yourself now? And don't think too much about what you're supposed to value when you do this. Please keep in mind that what you want for yourself is what matters, not what other people want for you. And I'll say it again because it's so important. What you want for yourself is what matters, not what other people want for you. So when you construct a list of your basic needs and your value needs, you might be getting a good sense of where you are in all of this, which is really an assessment of the condition of your pillars, because by looking at your list, you can probably see where your needs are not getting met and where there's room for improvement. But are there any pitfalls to this approach? And of course, yes, there always is. First of all, be aware and mindful of mixed signals. This is another reason why it's important to focus on yourself and not listen to other people. For example, growing up, I was taught that hunger was a rumble in the tummy or some stomach cramps, but actually I have personally never experienced hunger in this way. When I'm hungry, I get really tired, and when I'm sleepy, I get angry. It's pretty weird, it's like my wires are crossed. But it's not uncommon, especially for people with backgrounds like mine, where your caregivers might have been unskilled or neglectful, you might not have properly learned what your body signals are, or the information that your mind is actually sending you. So just stay open to the possibility that you might experience a need differently than someone else. And this is true not just for physical needs. There's also no shame in saying, you know what, I don't know what I need right now. I don't know if it's emotional or if it's spiritual, let me think about it. And you could be saying this to yourself or to a partner or to a friend. And just get comfortable with the idea that sometimes you're going to have to ask for what you need. And if they respect you, as they should, this will be no problem. Another pitfall is the possibility of overwhelm when you go to make changes in your life. If your needs are not currently being met or haven't been met in a long time, it's very possible that you're going to look at your list of all these needs and values and just see a whole lot of stuff that you don't have. Or maybe you'll think, gosh, I am so bad at this. I'm so bad at taking care of myself. I don't do anything right. So if this happens, if you start to experience overwhelm, don't panic. Take a minute to breathe, to step back if you need to. And when you're ready, I recommend that you tackle this pillar assessment by getting organized. Again, listen to episode one if you've got no idea what I'm talking about with these pillar references. So this is how I would go about my assessment. I would make two columns on a piece of notebook paper, back of a receipt, it really doesn't matter what you use. In one column, I would list all of my basic needs, food, shelter, safety, healthcare, sleep, self-esteem, and so on. Essentially make a list of all my non-negotiables. These are my must-haves. And yes, it has to include things like love and belonging, self-respect, and so on. Not just the physical needs. And if I need a dentist, I'm going to put a dentist on the list too. Just saying. Then I'm going to make a second column with all of my value needs. 
For me, that would be balance, beauty, compassion, adventure, creativity, growth, peace, and so on. Whatever it is I think I need to have a fulfilling and meaningful existence, I'm going to write that down in column two. Then once I have my two columns, I'm going to move on to step two. Step two is to reorganize the values column so that I know which values mean the most to me. I would also argue here that maybe you just need five to ten values to start, but I am not here to tell you how to live your life, so you do you. My only concern is that, like me, if you overdo it, you'll turn this exercise into just another way to punish yourself for not measuring up, and I don't want that to happen. And why is it important to reorganize the values column? Because sometimes you will have to make difficult decisions about which value you need to satisfy first, so it's good to know which one means more to you, which one you get the most benefit from. So now that I've got my two columns and they're properly ordered, I'm ready to do some assessing. For the basic needs, I need to figure out how I'm doing. Am I meeting all of my basic needs? Is there room for improvement? What changes could I make to improve in these areas? And if you need some help with figuring out this for yourself, I do have a free ebook on my website. If you go to awellcaredforhuman.com, you can download my free wellness blueprint, and that might be useful while you're doing this activity. But with or without the blueprint, you're going to need to look at your needs and brainstorm and make another list of the ways you're going to try to meet these needs, the littlest steps that you could take to make them happen. You're going to do the same for the values list. Brainstorm ways to bring more creativity into your life if you want to be more creative. When are you creative now? How much time would you say you currently devote to creativity? Do you often deprioritize it and give that time to your boss or family instead? Are you suffering because of that decision? And if so, what can you do about it to take that time back for yourself and start meeting that need? What would your perfect expression of creativity look like? Is it baking or drawing or crafting? Is it building tree houses? Just get really clear, as clear as you possibly can, on what it is that you need. You might have gathered that there's a lot of thinking happening at this stage, but just embrace it. This should be fun. You're imagining your perfect life where all of your needs are being met. And the first step towards getting that life is by imagining what it is you want. So be a dreamer. Indulge a bit. So once you get clear on what it is you want and what you'd like to do, move on to the next step. At this point, I would pick three needs that would be considered small wins. I'll explain what that means in a second. And I would pick one need that's a big win. So a small win is something that you can make progress in relatively quickly. Maybe you want to see improvement in the sleep department, for example. Maybe in your basic needs column, you notice that your sleep needs some attention. You're not really meeting your sleep needs. So you spend a month nailing down a good sleep routine and troubleshooting all the ways you're currently sabotaging yourself until you figure out what you need. But it only takes you a couple weeks or a month of diligent attention to start meeting that need. That's why it's considered a small win. In contrast, a big win is something that can take a long time. A big win might be a sense of belonging. It just takes longer to build a community or to make friends. So realistically, it might be more than a month before you see any improvement in this area. But once you achieve your big win, it will be more satisfying once you get there. That's why I call it a big win. So why do I recommend this formula of a few small wins and one big win at a time? Well, in truth, you can work on as many big wins at a time as you want. But I happen to know from personal experience that it's likely you're going to be more invigorated and inspired to keep up the work if you balance those pursuits out with small wins. Otherwise, you're just going to see work, 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 and no results, and you might get discouraged and give up. 
On the contrary, with every small win you achieve, you're going to feel awesome. You're going to be proud of yourself. You're going to be empowered by your progress. It also helps to build your self-confidence and trust in yourself because you're going to see yourself making these changes and you might be able to use that as evidence to say, hey, look, look at me go. I'm doing great. Things are happening. I'm seeing progress. I'm seeing results. This is working. This is good. Because your other option is to be like Corey, and that's to pursue nothing but big wins because you tell yourself things like, otherwise there's no point in trying at all. And so, you know, I work like a dog for a year at the expense of my basic needs. I spend my nights crying because I don't see any progress, and then I use that as proof that I'm a loser who sucks at everything. Don't do that to yourself. It is no fun. It's much easier to find a way to fuel the fire and keep going making smaller, more consistent practice over time. It's far better to claim those small wins while you're working toward the bigger stuff. Think of the small wins as fuel that you need to keep the train running. The small wins really do matter, they add up. You'll need to be patient because when you're starting out, there's likely going to be a gap between knowing what you need and what you want and what you're actually capable of doing. I would love to be one of those homesteading badasses who grows her own food, wanders outside in the sunshine in her boho organic cotton clothing and sun hat first thing in the morning to pick the fresh fruit and veggies from my garden before bringing everything inside and chopping up a great salad that I'm going to eat with my homemade dressing. However, my current salad eating skill level is that I get an A if I buy a pre-made salad kit from the store. Not even organic, just, just something with the leaves in it already made by someone else, dressing included. And I get an A plus for actually opening the kit and eating the leaves once a week, just once in the entire week. And just if you're curious, I often get a B on this assignment, just so we're clear. I don't want you to get the wrong impression that I always do this stuff perfectly well. It takes time to change your whole life. In the movies, they do that fast-forward montage of personal transformation for a reason. If we had to actually sit through all of the real-time struggles of that hero's triumph, we would never make it to the end of the movie. Okay, let's end here today. I know I ran a little long, but I hope you found it helpful. Remember, don't forget to check out the resources if you need them. There's a lot of homework here, figuring out what you need, what you need to do, what your values are. So use those resources if they're going to help you get started. And if you want your wellness blueprint, you can also go download your free copy at awellcaredforhuman.com. And all of that should keep you plenty busy until I come back next week with our next episode. This episode of A Well Cared For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.